I had a feeling that Microsoft was quietly preparing to make a major splash in the Web3. And after AI had its coming out party in NFT space, OpenAI has been one of the leaders within that space. Most notably, they developed the Dolly 2 that was the art engine that was generating a lot of those arts. But then in November, they released ChatGPT. And I've even mentioned that, how I've been playing with it and how impressive that was to me. But it caught the attention of Microsoft. So much so that they invested $10 billion into OpenAI. So today we're going to discuss what that means and why we should focus on that as a podcast that speaks about NFTs and Web3. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So AI and Web3 are technically two separate conversations altogether. However, they overlap within the NFT space, and that's how this podcast gets in the middle of all of that. AI art that we saw, it was a huge craze, a frenzy. A lot of NFT projects launched generated by AI art engines. And then, of course, we had AI-assisted smart contracts, the reviewing, trying to find different vulnerabilities, even writing certain elements of it, and not to mention AI-generated content because every single business, NFT projects alike, we all need content to educate and to promote. And AI helps to do that. Well, Microsoft lost the mobile war, if you will. Right now, there's no one running around with a Microsoft phone. And that is why I've always said that I truly believe that they're going to take Web3 and everything that is we're taking place right now very seriously, and they can't afford to miss out on this wave. They really missed the mobile war, and there is no way they're missing Web3. So AI art engines, that was something that really was on their radar as early as October. I know they integrated that into a lot of their uh, features with Azure. It was on their website, and I was actually looking at it to go all the way back to the earliest version of the website that actually had that, and it was all the way in October. But once OpenAI released ChatGPT, now that's when things start to get really interesting. So much so that even Google starts to take notice. And as we know, Google and Microsoft, yeah, they might be friendly on the surface now that, of course, Microsoft products could be used on Android phones. And it seems to be this kumbaya moment. Everything is like free, hold hands, tech war is over. We're all getting along. Well, no. Definitely not. ChatGPT is really the back door and the main reason why they're interested in open AI and why this was on the radar of both Google and Microsoft. But to give you a little history as to how all this ties in, remember, I'm going to connect everything all the way back to, uh, you know, the old days of the Internet and now into NFTs, Web3 and all that. But let's go back and look at the 90s when Internet Explorer was the default browser. Every single Windows machine shipped with Internet Explorer, just ready for people to hop on the internet. And by default, MSN, if you remember that, MSN was the default search engine. Now, I guess you could call it the search engine, but whatever. It was That's what it was. That's what we had in the 90s, and that was the king of the 90s. Then, of course, towards the end of the 90s, Google arrived on the scene, and they just really dominated search ever since, and they haven't looked back. Pretty much when you think of search, you say Google. So much so that it has become just one of those generic terms like Band-Aid. You get a cut on your finger, put a Band-Aid on it. Well, technically, it is a bandage, and Band-Aid is a brand, I believe, of the Johnson & Johnson company. But 
you know, we have now turned that brand into the generic word. So much so like Google, like instead of saying, hey, go search for something, we just say, go Google that thing. And that's where we are right now. Over 90%, some crazy number of searches. And Microsoft has Bing and Bing. I think the last time I looked at their statistics was like 3% searches. And now that's from my whole uh, marketing world and looking at how search engines are optimizing and um, the actual trends and all that stuff. But it is relevant to this conversation right here. So less than 5% Microsoft search right now. It's just really a mile away. So what exactly is $10 billion buying? Well, first and foremost, that it is guaranteed 75% of OpenAI's profits until the investment is recouped. So in other words, although OpenAI is not printing money at this point, I mean, if they're making any profit is very minimal for the few things that they do have paid services. However, 75% of that will be going to Microsoft until they get back to that $10 billion. Then after that, they're going to have 49% stake in the company thereafter. So what does OpenAI get out of this? Well, first and foremost, they're going to get the resources to scale. I've mentioned it even before, or if you've ever gone on ChatGPT lately, you're seeing that there is this little error. I think it's an orange banner that pops up every now and then, actually quite often, saying that we're having a high traffic moment and uh, things are going to be slow. And you can see it lags or sometimes it just won't even let you access the chatbot at all. And that's because they're having trouble scaling. More people are using this thing than they even anticipated and their servers cannot manage the demand. So $10 billion helps them to beef that up, helps them to scale. Of course, using Microsoft's resources and all of that, maybe even like their servers and all that to actually scale up things. That's what that $10 billion can do. But also it's going to give the original holders, it's still that 51%, they, they're able to retain that. Who all those parties are, I'm not exactly sure, but I know Microsoft has 49%, the original holders have 51%. So in theory, them together still have that control. But I was thinking it would be pretty funny if Google kind of snuck their way in there and purchased that other 51%. So then you'd have Microsoft and Google in this one company. And of course, that would be very awkward and weird. But makes me wonder, how much would this thing even go for on the open market? But we'll even get to that in a second. Is this a good deal or not? Well, the reports are saying that this is going to value OpenAI at $29 billion, but I don't know how they came to that calculation because I ran the numbers as far as 49%, $10 billion. That actually works out to $21 billion, but I don't know. They must know more than I do. Their 49% of $29 billion somehow ends up to 10 but I don't know. So either way, this thing is between $20 and $30 billion of value, but how does that compare? Google generated $43 billion of search ads in the fourth quarter alone of 2022. So we're talking about a massive business of search. And this whole chat GPT thing does way more than search. But a lot of people are using it to look up information and have a conversation with a friend about a specific topic. So rather than going to just Google to find a website, they're having chat GPT answer them and give them information. So that is why it is very comparable to search. And anyone that is trying to get into the search game or get back into the search game like Microsoft is why this would be such a an attractive acquisition. So it can do all those things. Like I said, it can speak about code. It can really write your content out for you. It can do so much. But what Microsoft is most interested in it for at this point in time is the search capabilities because there's a lot of money tied to it. 
So let's bring this back to Web3 now. How is all this tie-in? I know search engine and uh, the revenue that Google's making. You might be wondering, well, what the heck does that have to do with Web3, the Nifty Business Show? Why are we even speaking about that? I mean, how does this tie into what we're doing? Well, as we can see, that big data it really isn't going anywhere. We like to think that within Web3, there's not going to be any kind of central powers or anything of that nature, but Web3 is really built on Web2 technology and infrastructure. And a lot of these Web2 or Web3 advances are deeply entwined and dependent on Web2 still, till this day. So people would like to say that there is no way that these companies will exist going forward, but I don't see that way. I just don't agree with that view. Now, the big difference between Web3 and Web2 is that they own that data. When you have your username, let's say your, your Microsoft account or your Google account, well, all of that information, that data and everything was on their servers. You couldn't really do anything with it other than just opt out of it. But are they truly, really deleting it? Who knows? But they're storing everything. They could sell it. They can manipulate it. They can sell ads to it and all of that. But the difference is in this Web3 model, we're using our wallets. We're using our login, if you will, as our own private keys and all of that. And that's how we're connecting to the blockchain. And that is how that stuff is being associated. So in theory, it gives us much more control. Not total control, because at the same time, too, a blockchain is open. Anyone with an internet connection, for the most part, with the exception of a few privacy blockchains, but uh, other than that, you know, when we're talking about Ethereum, Solana, Wax, and all of these, uh, Bitcoin, you name it, these transactions are open. So anyone can look at this. So it's not truly private. And do you really own data that everyone can see? Well, yeah, to an extent. But what happens is, as far as we having control of it, we can opt into things and we can bring this with us. And it's, I guess you would say, pseudonymous. It's not exactly our names that are attached to it, but we know that a certain wallet is attached to a certain person. So you might not know exactly who it is, but at least you know the things that they're interested in, what they're purchased with, and so forth. Well, we get that option now to bring that along. We can opt that into certain things. We could plug that in and we can disclose what we want. Or in many cases, we can sell our information, our preferences, what we're doing, and uh, let's say a lot of information. Even I, I covered genetic cats or something, you know, where there's actually genetic data that is going to be associated to that. Well, we can sell that. We can opt into trials and those things. So that's what's happening in Web3 and why this is just pretty amazing in the sense that, okay, Google or Microsoft can't clamp down on us and block us because at the end of the day, it's the blockchain where this information is. It's not on their servers. So with that said, that does not negate the fact that these companies are very interested in all of this, that with the development that's taking place, not just within AI, but also within Web3, NFTs, crypto, all this stuff is going to really merge and come. And, you know, five, 10 years from now, we're probably not even going to be speaking about, oh, the difference between Web 2, Web 3. It's just going to be the internet. It's just like we really don't talk about Web 1, you know, at this point in time, like when it was first that transition, when the blogosphere, as they called it, was popping up, the social media, YouTubes, MySpace, and all of those. During that time, the media was always talking about Web 2, Web 2, Web 2. So at this point, when we're speaking about Web3, 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 is because there's a transition. Things are being advanced. However, going forward, I don't think we'll be saying it so heavily as trying to draw the line between Web2 and 3, because really, nobody does that with Web1 and 2. Anyways, when all this stuff kind of comes together and how this actually is going to work 
as far as with OpenAI, not only do they get access to this chat GPT, but remember that AI generated art engine and all those other things that they're building. And AI is going to play a huge part within Web3. And Microsoft just dropped $10 billion to get into this. This is a story that I will definitely be following up with and giving updates and so forth. But I might not do a full episode about that because certain things that's going to go forward, and I know Microsoft is going to continue to make more splashes. That is something that I will probably put into the newsletter. And if you're not signed up for that, getting that is completely different content. Niftybusinessweek.com is how you can sign up for that. And through that newsletter, I do different things. I do giveaways sometimes. I'll do promotions or whatever it might be. And that is where I'm going to put any kind of breaking news that I might not do a full story of. I'll throw it in there. And that comes out once a week. And of course, whether or not you sign up for that, I just want to thank you for taking time for listening to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later.